0: Welcome to the Media Maven's podcast brought to you by the Evergreen Network. The Media Maven's podcast is where you'll hear the latest and greatest trends, topics, and tribulations with industry leaders. And here is your host of the Media Maven's podcast. She is the original Media Maven, Sarah Miller.
1: Hi, this is Sarah Miller, CEO of Access Entertainment, and your host for Meet and Maven Podcast. And I'm here today with my co-host Joe Pirates. Hi, Joe.
0: Hello, Sarah. How's it going out there in California today?
1: <laughs> it's good, but like I'm now in Russian mode because our next guest coming there on. You go. I'm super excited. I'm. Um, how are you doing? You good?
0: Excellent, excellent over here.
1: It's always good spending afternoons on podcasts with you. Yes. Um, I like- I'm. I'm going to jump in. I'm super excited because we're in the middle of trying to get all the winners together for the Media Excellence Awards, which you have been our voice of God over mm-hmm. the years, which we're so happy with. And you're now my voice of God on the podcast. So it's kind yes. of double double win with you. And um it's so good because I have Misha Solodovnikov who is a general manager for TNR Productions on with us. Misha, welcome to the show.
2: Sarah, Joe, very nice to meet you, Sarah. First of all, uh, congratulations on uh, pulling this great award during this very oh, difficult uh, period for all content producers, for all uh, digital platforms, and everybody who's trying to keep their head a- above the water in this uncertain times. Thank you for doing this. And, oh, no, uh, no, we're no worries. a shout out to uh, <laughs> uh, small guys and new. New entrepreneurs who are getting, uh, getting their feet wet, and most importantly, startups that uh, needed some uh, cheer up during the uh, pandemic.
1: Yeah, no, it's just been tough. Like, it's always good to see startups because we know we built the agency on startups. So I love seeing new innovative startups and technologies coming to the market. And it's interesting because we just had a podcast uh, earlier today and we talked about leadership in the tech industry getting through COVID and why we are not seeing. Leadership coming from these startups because the award was built on startups to honor innovation, innovators, and in leadership in mobile tech, entertainment, and lifestyle for 13 years. So, you know, we've got a lot of great brands, but it's always good to give the startups. To support the startups, to give them that chance to be recognized for all the hard work they do. So I trust me, we know how hard it is and the grind you guys go through as startups. But you know, first of all, congratulations, Misha, because you guys are a finalist. You got some big brands in there too in these categories. But you guys are in a few different categories right now: on content creation, on entertainment. You have entertainment apps, content creation, innovation, original content. You guys have some really good utility, productive app, and you're in the news and broadcast space. So it's great to see companies like you, you know, get through last year's of COVID chaos and still be here and still forge forward as a leader to, on, on the awards. So we're super excited to have you on the show. Super excited that you're a finalist right now in the awards, but. I stumbled through some stuff with you and Joe prior to the podcast because we have TNR Productions, which is you guys, but you create the content for our tea. America. America, which is right. the distribution of like the news, like the, like the channel Fox News people. And you guys create the content for it, but I'm going to screw this up. So tell us who TNR is and what you guys are doing with this.
2: So we're a production house based out of Washington, L.A., Miami and New York. And we produce currently 18 uh, shows. Some of them uh, go weekly, some of them go daily on uh, terrestrial uh, distribution channels, on uh, cable, online uh, streaming. We have uh, right now on the air a news uh, with uh, veteran broadcaster Rick Sanchez. Two weeks ago, unfortunately, a colleague of ours, Larry King, who was co-producing with us his uh, weekly show, Politics enough unfortunately passed away. We were Really uh, honored to uh, work with him in uh, in the same newsroom environment for the last uh, seven years. And he was doing a daily show for a number of years. And we sort of uh, moved to uh, two shows a week uh, only uh, last year. He was very productive till basically the last day of uh, his life. He did the last show in uh, November. We produce uh, shows with publicists, Chris Hedges. He's a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, journalist. Uh, We work with uh, comedians like Lee Camp. He assembled a great team of uh, comedians around him. Uh, We do his show uh, twice a week. We used to do it with a live audience for uh, uh, over six years, but now due to COVID, we have to kind of uh, limit the access uh, to the studio for obvious uh, reasons. We have a financial blockbuster called uh, BoomBust that we produce uh, every day. It's sort of a a 30-minute breakdown on what happened in the business world around the globe uh, in the last 24 hours. Uh, we do quite a, quite a few shows that n- end up only on our digital platforms. So we were super excited partnering with the National Hockey League for the current season and with uh, Continental Hockey League, which is a premier league for Europe and Asia. And if you can imagine on the palm of your hand, you can have access to high-definition videos from both uh, major hockey leagues in the world and only hockey leagues in the world that uh, compete on a professional level and it's uh, distributed uh, worldwide and uh, people really can can see exactly what happened on the Capital One Arena downtown Washington DC or somewhere in uh, Finland or Moscow or Beijing.
1: Okay so you guys are the production RT America is I know that the broadcaster. Are you guys doing specific genres? Like, is it sports? Is it comedy? Is it news? Is it everything, or do very specific areas that you guys produce only? It,
2: it's on? pretty much everything. It's uh, it's in use. It's comedy. It's uh, talk shows. We do a wonderful uh, show with uh, Holland Kooij, who established his name in uh, talk radio, but he does uh, a great show that called uh, Big Picture and uh, another uh, legendary, if I can use this word talk radio uh, personality tom hartman was hosting the show for uh, many many years uh, before him and uh, they happened to know each other so it was a smooth transition for us a couple years ago uh, we do uh, news comedy sports we highlight the sports that don't make cable networks for instance uh, cycling or things that uh, usually don't get on the screen uh, too often uh, like i don't know baseball league in uh, korea or uh, even uh Soccer in America, that uh, really big, and where you are in California, have uh, one one of the one, most wonderful teams in the entire sport, LA Galaxy. They don't get enough airtime, and as you probably witness yourself, a lot of uh, sports sort of uh, carved their own niche in the cable universe over uh, over the past several years, and uh, great sports uh, basically were abandoned by uh, cable news networks and. Uh, we hear uh, about big sporting events only if it's a grand slam in tennis or in golf, or it's the, or you're approaching a Super Bowl. So we are happy to have it all back for our viewers uh, sports news, business news, and uh, international news all together.
1: Yeah, no, it's a big deal because I know we have a lot of sports contacts. I know an NBA team that we worked with in the past, their big issue was distributing content overseas. And I know with NHL, On the hockey side, a lot of, and Fox, a lot of the rights for distribution is through one network and one network only. So if they decide to not air one of the games on a Thursday night or NFL football Sunday, Thursday night football, you can't see it. They pick and choose. So I think it does, it doesn't hurt the brand, but it does hurt the individual team and the content because everybody wants content. At the end of the day, you've been saying this like 10 years now, which is kind of funny, but it's true that content is king. So the more content could consume, the better off you are reaching the masses. And I know globally, a lot of these other countries want Western content, they just don't have access to it. So is this one of the areas that RT America or with you guys are producing? Is this an area that you guys are innovating and actually come up with a solution for, distribute content that we can't get otherwise? So
2: I would sort of layer up uh, and break it down into questions. The first one is when you watch any news show right now, it's almost like a, a never-ending stream that starts with a guest and uh, a guest panel, or you have a conversation that the moment it's done, it's pretty much uh, old news. And a lot of uh, news uh, producers look at cable news as a constant stream where you tune in for uh, 15 or 20 minutes, which is the average for any of us living in the United States as the span of time spent for cable news networks. You tune in, you basically pick up a couple of headlines, you figure out what's going on, and then you move on. So all of this content uh, expires, so to speak, really, really fast. What we're trying to do here and why our production is so different is we're trying to structure every new show within the Within the span, we go to the viewer with a meal they can swallow. Basically, every show that we produce is twenty six minutes, if you consider a break. So it's a half an hour. So that every show has the beginning, has the a high point, or as musicians put it, crescendo, and then we sort of fade away with the with the end. So if you would like to consume a news product that is structured, there is only a few places you can go, and you would like to. See obviously what's happening in the world of politics on the international arena, and then you need to move on to something else. Like uh, we talk about uh, medical news all year uh, due to the COVID, but there's a lot of things that happening with uh, space research, for instance. What's uh, w- what's happening with sports and how different leagues and different sports adapt to uh, COVID, and especially bringing it in, ad- in, a- in an entire package is something that we've been building for a while. And uh, this is why sort of a newscast can have a slightly longer life than just uh, endless panels of the guest and uh, conversation about three or four uh, topics over and over again what about your uh, digital platform I, I imagine
0: it's kind of tough going uh, multinational with with a digital platform that works and works well discuss uh, your your digital platform that you guys have brought up for an mea award what
2: what makes it stand out do you think well first of all we are we're, we're very happy to launch it in 2019 pre-pandemic because there's a lot of work that uh, could be done in a collaborative way and you need to meet with the people face to face uh, to conceptualize it, to build it uh, physically and uh, launch it. When the platform was up, uh, we were super happy that over the course of uh, one year, we got to uh, 2.7 million downloads organically with uh, our own content, which was only like 5,000 titles on the platform when we uh, launched it. It, It's growing every day. We brought in some sports, uh, some uh, documentaries. We brought uh, new shows, uh, comedy, as I was talking about earlier. It's not just a mobile platform. Obviously, it's available on App Store and Android, Google Play, but it's also available on Geo in India, which is on a Geo TV, which is a gigantic market with a hundred million audience in India with a Samsung TV. Basically, that's a device that will help you to watch your news when you're in transit, when you're just using your phone on the go, or if something that you've been watching... Well, you would like to take it to a big screen, you can do it too. So uh, it's, uh, it's available on Fire, on uh, Roku, and uh, it's pretty much anywhere you go. It's, uh, it's very simply designed. You don't have to sort of learn how to use it. You just launch it and, it, and it's there. It doesn't require registration. It's something that helps users, especially if you're trying to find the show you particularly want to watch. If you sort of hesitate on the title, the show doesn't start immediately. The host of the show appears and explains you what you're about to watch. For every title that we have on the platform, there is a a note, video note from the host about this particular show. So you don't have to read any fine print about what about to happen on the screen or app doesn't force you to watch it if you just stumble over a certain thing. So it's very intuitive. It basically... As I said, structured, simple uh, to use, and it's growing, the library growing every day. Misha, real quick,
0: for someone who has like a uh, myself who has a Roku or somebody who has a Fire,
2: what would they be looking for to to uh, download this content? I just put in the search engine portable TV and immediately you pop in. It would probably no more than a minute to download it. And it will be right there available within all your apps you have on the Fire on Roku. And the same thing goes for Android or App Store on your uh, Apple devices. We were uh, super happy to see that on uh, Android that allows a, a more metrics to uh, platform engineers uh, to see how app is performing uh, within the ecosystem. You can track every day rating of your own app and within the. Uh, Within the first seven or eight months, we were managed to get in the top ten app free apps in Mexico, and within the top twenty in Canada, we are in the first. I would say eighty free apps in the United States, and it's uh, it's showing some interest from the countries that obviously traditionally follow hockey. But that is what it is.
1: <laughs> a lot of hockey fans. You guys are truly like you're in the linear broadcasting space. You're truly a multi platform content play. On this, I know you have the digital and you have the broad true broadcast and your OTT space is big with the Roku's and Hulu's, and all those guys. Where is majority of your usership? Is it the mobile side or is it the digital or is it the traditional broadcast OTD? Because I know you guys submitted for a utility productivity app. You guys are following us in the user experience. So do you guys have a, are you guys more weighed into the app side? Since so everybody's kind of on the go more or are you guys Focusing on the more traditional OTT channels moving into the year,
2: we were very surprised to learn within the first six months that most of the audience come from uh, mobile phones. It was not initially an effort to make it a mobile app, but it performed so well, we started to fine-tune the production side to make sure that viewers who watch us on our mobile. Get more of an idea how they can navigate through the app. And uh, one of the features that we're really uh, proud of on the app is the search engine that will help you to find any news story with uh, relation to a particular subject matter. Obviously, we were very high on the uh, COVID coverage and we created special a uh, special tray for that we called uh, Tracking Coronavirus. And we brought all the latest uh, science, all the latest conversations that our hosts had uh, on uh, on the shows uh, within the trade. that you can find all the data. And we keep doing, it, and we are still uh, doing it as uh, vaccines roll out in the uh, different different parts of the world. So we're still uh, trying to stay on uh, top of that important issue. And one of the things that we did, uh, we released a new show last year. We launched the show. Pretty much uh, one month after the app was launched called Dennis Miller plus one famous comedian Dennis Miller does a show uh, four times a week where he talks uh, with uh, famous actors, producers, people like uh, Donna White from UFC on his show. And uh, by the way, uh, Donna White even made some news by announcing that uh, UFC will be back on the air with the Amazing performances they did do uh, on the weekends after a shutdown period that they went through. And by the way, looking at the apps, uh, look what the uh, UFC is doing. They The app is exploding and uh, they have such a huge audience across the globe. And that's kind of a give us a, a sense where all of us will be pretty much in a few years.
1: Well, I mean, the app market is huge right now. I mean, because I love that when I get my news, like I'm on my app and I get the little slider bars that kind of scroll down, you know, everything up in news breaking. Apple pops up on the screen as a banner, you know, so you get or so it's CNN and time. So I love that these features are on there. So I'm not having to scroll for new news. It just pops up. Do you guys have that same feature on your app? When the apps can the you pop up the banner. So when breaking news hits, it kind of slides across like a ticker symbol. So wait, Joe, show that again.
0: I, I actually just downloaded it.
1: Ah, it looks good. I think it's so much free. There's so much in the app space, so much development that makes it so much more intuitive for users. But... Okay we're going to
2: put a pin uh, uh, in Sorry, top. going back to your question, we do not do breaking news on the oh, app. Okay. We're not going to we're not going to uh, ping you every time there's something that happens or there's a significant move of the market or uh, a press conference of the big official uh, starts but we will not notify you if uh, there is some significant piece of content uploaded to the platform. If we're launching a new show Or if we're trying to be very conscious about our communication with the users, because a lot of users that experience uh, a very massive bombardment of the notifications and mails, they usually uh, unsubscribe and uh, they abandon the app. And that's kind of a a known fact. But uh, I think viewers come uh, to us uh, to uh, to see content when they're ready to do it. So that's why they as I was talking about uh, the structure of the shows. You want to start the latest newscast if you come to see uh, news on our, our platform when you want it, not when uh, we tell you to do so.
1: Yeah. And I love that because I always have every time I have a new app on, every time I said, do you want notifications? I always said, no, okay. I don't. It was just so distracting. Even on the sports side, but interesting. Has have you guys slowed down this past year? Have you guys kind of ramped up on the content? Because I know studios were shut down for a while, production was shut down. You know, everybody's kind of binging on the Netflix and this stuff. I am super surprised that, and I think I read this. I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that UFC was going to go back in the ring again? Without- oh,
2: they're already they're already back, and they had uh, quite a few marquee fights. Uh, if memory serves me well, uh, less than two weeks ago, Conor McGregor hey, was. I back love uh,
1: I love, I love McGregor. Okay, I have. Yeah, to-
2: he, he got knocked out.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, in the
2: second round. Uh, he has by, a great, uh, he has a
1: new great whiskey commercial. But like when him he. That's Emporia got him. Yes, love him. I with the, it was like what four years ago, three years ago, he did the fight against not holy, but I forgot who did the big fight against. It was somewhere in August. I was down in um, on the island, and they had a big, huge screen. It was such a big deal globally. McGregor was in this fight. But how are they they in them back? It's not like, hey, you're in baseball or you're you know, at least 100 feet, 25 feet away from somebody. You are in a ring in those octagons. You've got to be like COVID free because you're sweating, you're bleeding, you're getting crushed. I'm surprised they decided to go back in the ring so quickly. They decided to do so, and
2: I believe they did it in the bubble in the first place uh, on Las Vegas Arena. But I feel that out of all the sports industries that were going back late last year, individual sports, I think it's uh, sort of a a first level. The next level is uh, a lot of teams, and uh, our uh, partners at NHL managed to create the entire bubble. Like uh, half of the city was uh, dedicated to all hockey teams that Managed to uh, finish the uh, Stanley Cup qualifiers and uh, finals, uh, which was quite an achievement for entire sports. So soccer is back. Uh, and uh, the, the new season started. UFC is back. Australian Open uh, going to start in Melbourne, I believe, next Monday. Uh, sports are back. And I believe it's a great time for... Mm-hmm companies who stream content and who uh, produce content and who carry those uh, live events. Although, uh, you got to say that when all the sports were sort of a bundled together at the same time after the pandemic uh, shutdown period, uh, like Masters uh, were happening at the same time as the Stanley Cup Finals, I believe the audience overall uh, lost their interest because everything was a little bit out of place. And that's why you see the cable ratings of those marquee events. They slide it down and uh, everybody who expected the audience come back to the same level where they were, let's say, in 2019. And that, it, that didn't happen. Even though everybody was at home and everybody was in, fr- in front of TV, there was too many live events happening at the same time.
1: They had to do what they needed to do to keep the fans engaged and not lose the market share.
2: One question. You were
0: a former, you know, GM at RT America you've got to be wondering right now. And I know that uh, cable channels right now are just going through a little bit of a decline in viewership since our government got a little more boring with the inauguration. I mean, are you guys seeing that a little slowdown on your side considering things have may have calmed
2: down just a little bit? Well, uh, the news cycle in, in the last uh, year and a half uh, was uh, sort of amazing. There was uh, so many things happening despite pandemic, but I believe all the news organizations adapted to, uh, uh, new rules and uh, social uh, distancing rules pretty fast. A lot of uh, home studios were established and you see as many faces as uh, you used to see on the screen a uh, year before that, although you got to admit that everybody is coming through uh, vMix, uh, Skype, uh, Zoom, like uh, we do uh, right now. It changed the industry a bit, but I, I think the a number of uh, news events uh, is. Uh, is not going down. I don't think it's uh, the intensity of events is not is not of the same magnitude, but uh, there's a lot of things that are happening. And uh, as we touched on earlier, vaccines rolling out, uh, the new administration is in place. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, news events uh, happening around that. And uh, most importantly, the, the news moved to uh, a quite an area where it's more predictable. Well, okay.
0: <laughs> no, I, I can understand that. I really can.
1: Is it? Are you guys focusing? I mean, there's so much global news going around, still politically as well as, you know, medically. Are you guys covering internationally, or is it just news based here in the U.S.? Are you guys pulling your sources from everywhere?
2: We we cover news internationally. Obviously, uh, we we cover uh, domestic news. New- news gathering kind of uh, is uh, is uh, very different uh, right now, and for obvious reason that uh, reporters cannot travel as they uh, used to, and uh, every reporter complains about that. You can relate to to that, but it's easier to set up interviews uh, with uh, Zoom meetings and so on and so forth. It, obviously, uh, you lose a lot when you don't meet person to person, but it is what it is. And uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are developing uh, new habits uh, with relation to how interviews are conducted. But, well, uh, you make the best out of the situation we are all in. How does TNR
0: gather that news internationally? Do you guys partner with other news stations, or do you use a lot of freelance journalists who are looking to write these stories? We
2: use both. There's reporters in uh, London and uh, Berlin with uh, who uh, appear on our air. We have a freelance uh, journalist. We have quite a pool of our own that are um, located in a few cities in the United States. Obviously, uh, the scope of business, it didn't contract over the course of uh, COVID because it was such a, as you point out, very intense news uh, uh, season in, a, in the first place. And on second, with all the uh, precautions and uh, with the all uh, social distancing policies, we opened up. Uh, we, we didn't close the studios and we closed them for the guests. We don't invite guests in the studios, but we continue to operate. And I'm myself still in the studio uh, at this hour. It's past 7 p.m. in, uh, in, in Washington. So uh, we do work. We try to uh, make the best out of the situation. And I hope uh, very soon we will be, we'll be done with it.
1: What do we have to look forward to with you guys coming into? I mean, you did the whole COVID thing. You guys, congrats on all these finalists, all these awards. You guys have really showed that startups and innovation, you know, success stories on a small business level, which is great to see. But what do we have to look forward to coming out of the company coming into this next year?
2: So we were really focused on creating a new, unique sport show around hockey. And uh, uh, we've been talking to uh, a few talent. Misha, uh, are
1: you a hockey fan?
2: Obviously, I am. Obviously,
1: from <laughs> Russia, I figured. Because like we, we keep circling back to hockey, and I love hockey.
0: I do, too, because, you know, I, I am a hockey announcer in my spare time, too. So.
1: Okay. And we were just <laughs> What's your favorite team? team,
0: then, Joe? My favorite team? Boston Bruins right now. They but know really I, I, well. I, Yes, uh, I'm more of a I do college here at the University of Arizona. So just to let you know, but if we're talking professional, used to be the Houston. I mean, not Houston. I'm ta- Hartford Whalers, but now it's Hartford Whalers who became the Carolina Hurricane.
1: Got it. Well, the Bruins are known to be brawlers on the ice. They've been pretty. released. I' oh, and the
0: Flyers. Yes,
1: <laughs> I see, So, see, I like. I mean, I like. Colorado. I like the Kings because we worked with them, and then there's a few other ones I like. I mean, I love hockey, Misha. Since we're going down the hockey track right now, it's so funny that this was our online theme. I just talked to and Joe knows Jonathan Lowe, who was a VP of Global Sports for LA Kings. He just left the LA Kings. He was there for like twenty five years. They actually submitted and won like four, three or four years in a row of MEAs adapting to mobile. And Jonathan used to get up there and wear his little, you know, the NHL pins and hockey. And used to say, every year we win an MEA is a year we either be a contender or we go to the Stanley Cup. The one year they didn't make it to the Stanley Cup, they didn't win an MEA awards. And I just feel like from that point on, it was bad luck from there on. But like, so hockey, just to go back, Sean Hunter left, winnipeg to launch the phoenix coyotes with joel harnett at sports arizona i helped them launch that team years ago so i was one of the first ones to get tickets before they even opened this is the first time with them phoenix coyotes in history that an nhl team won the stanley cup in their inaugural year and then sean came to ag here went up to the avalanche i don't know where he is now but then was it gretzky who took over phoenix joe
0: yes yes
1: And ever since then, they've sucked. But I'm still (laughs) always a Coyotes fan when they come to town. I mean, I know the red line, the blue line. I miss sports. Given the whole sports thing, my two biggest things I miss since COVID, courtside at the Clippers and hockey games. I love being down on the ice and hockey games.
0: Misha, I will tell you this right now. I think that, you know, the, the Russian Hockey League, is is on par with what the NHL has to offer to be honest with you I know that they like it I know that they like the NHL in Russia but I like I said I think you know teams like the Moscow Dynamo and a few others are really very
2: very tough teams to play against and by the way th- this is where Alex is from uh, he's right. uh, from uh, Moscow Dynamo and I'm a big Washington Capitals fan I gotta meet LA Kings and the Boston Bruins one of the best out there, very tough guys, and always uh, great to see them compete on a such a uh, high level. And this is why we're uh, going back to uh, the, the show. We uh, we were plotting to launch uh, around the world hockey and uh, highlight best saves, uh, best plays. I'm going to
1: send you one of these.
2: I love this. You
1: can't have this one because Sloan signed it. But I have a bunch of these from the hockey I'm going to send you. I just, it's really interesting, Joe, that you make that comparison because I feel like... I mean, I'm all about the Winter Olympics, the hockey, the snowboarding. But I feel like, unless I'm wrong on my history, I don't feel like we would ever compete against a Russian or Canadian hockey team. And these guys know the game. I mean, the Kings are great, don't get me wrong. But they're also not fighters. They are very well-mannered. They're one of the teams that are always work it out, don't fight it out. But unless there's blood on the ice and there's a brawl, it's not really a hockey game in my opinion <laughs> what do the best oh. teams are those okay
0: this is i i'll let misha tell you a little more about hockey around the world because it <laughs> isn't like the us believe me there's not not a lot of brawling internationally and i think misha can back me up on that one
1: they are more talented players right they know how to right. play
2: well i believe that a lot of teams adopt uh, what the nhl style become over a course of especially last 20 years where every Major City in the United States has a significant team and they put their hands on the talent from all over the world. You look at the, every team uh, at the NHL and they would have someone from Canada, from uh, obviously United States, from uh, Finland, from uh, Scandinavian countries and uh, so on and so forth. Truly, it became such an international sport. You can bet that the NHL is more international than, let's say, NFL, for sure. You can look uh, how international MLS became, but it doesn't have a, such exposure that uh, NHL has. So I think it's one of the most international sports out there altogether, sort of a, with a talent concentration in one geographic space. What it makes... Uh, so special for uh, those who bring this content to uh, to the audience, especially on the mobile devices, is uh, sort of a, a special window to the hockey game significantly during the COVID where you don't have a luxury going to a neighborhood arena and watching all the uh, stars of all the teams do sort of a tour through your city. That doesn't happen anymore. So uh, I think this is the sort of a sweet spot for uh, content curators. And also sport fans.
0: With your show that's coming up about hockey, I'd like to get back to that just real quick. Are you guys trying to cover it as similar to what a lot of other stations do or a lot of other content providers do with like the English Premier League? Because that seems to be everywhere. It seems like you can't swing a dead cat around this world without finding
2: highlights of the English Premier League everywhere. Well, great question. I, I don't think you're going to see any play-by-play play and breakdown of what went wrong and sort of a slow-motion puck going through the line or to the net. I believe it's going to be a more of a ironic, comedic spin or a conversation with a, a notable fans of a game. So uh, it's more of a talk show format with self-irony and great moments of this wonderful sport. Okay.
1: Are you guys planning on covering the Olympics? Olympics,
2: well? uh, Olympics is a big part of the a news calendar for uh, everybody. Uh, I don't think we're going to be present on the ground. Sort of, we calibrating our effort right now, and obviously, getting rights uh, for for Olympics uh, in terms of content is uh, a very, very uh, difficult goal because each country around the world gets so one or maximum two uh, broadcasters or digital platforms to carry it on. And it's hard for such a you know startup to go out and compete with the uh, titans like NBC when it comes to uh, Olympics. Uh, but definitely, we'll uh, we'll be looking at what's going on with regard to this huge sporting events. And it would be interesting how it's going to be held during the uh, pandemic restrictions.
1: So it was so awesome to have you on here, Misha. Thank you for taking the time to talk with us about all things content and hockey. (laughs) That was a good twist into our conversation, but it's so good to see startups and see innovators like you guys really push through and create new innovative experiences for consumers. Now, and you guys are available on iOS and Android on the mobile side, live streaming as well, correct?
2: Live streaming, Android, Apple, Samsung, Roku, Fire, and Geo in India.
1: You and India, okay. And where are you guys? Where is your biggest market right now? Our
2: North and South America.
1: Oh, really? Okay, sports, soccer?
2: Sports, soccer, comedy, and news.
1: Okay, good to know. Okay, and for anybody who wants to tune in, find channel lineups, or talk to you guys, or work with you guys from the branding, where's a good place to send everybody? You can send it to me. Which is? <laughs> do, you want
0: to, do, you want <laughs> do you really down? want to open your still on up the air? <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: that's just good hockey images. So, is the best way to send them is to TNR Productions or is there an email or a place they can reach you at?
2: There's a, a communication window at the, on the app. You can send all emails there. And uh, if it's something uh, worth looking at, obviously, it will get to me.
1: Perfect misha it was so good having you on good luck with the mea awards
2: thank you so much it's uh, sorry again thank you so much for everything you're doing uh, for the industry and uh, it was a very challenging year for content producers and everybody has survived so thank you so much for highlighting uh, what we did over the course of last year we are humbled uh, to be present in the several nominations and uh, we're wishing everybody's luck and everybody who is uh, sharing the same categories with us. Uh, everybody did their best this year. Everybody deserves a call out. So uh, first of all, thank you. And thank you, Joe, for having me on the podcast. Oh, this has been a great, great podcast. I appreciate that. It thank was you. It so
1: good, Misha. Thank you so much. We're looking forward to thank more coming out of you guys this year as well. This is Sarah Miller, Meeting Mavens Podcast. Thank you, Misha. Joe, good having you on again.
0: And Always fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Media Mavens Podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or download past episodes, subscribe to the Media Mavens Podcast on your favorite podcast provider or on the Evergreen Podcast Network. To learn more about the podcast or our guests, log on to www.mediamavenspodcast.com.